welcome back to the Impactful Relationship Podcast. I'm so grateful to, again, have you here with us today, to have your your time, energy, and, and attention um, for these few few moments during your day. You know, as a professional in the mental health field, I've worked with, I don't even know how many people, hundreds of people and families and couples, individuals who are seeking to find more meaning and purpose, seeking some healing, um, some relief, some answers um, to their own experience, why, why they're going through what they're, they're going through. And this is going to be a two-part um, podcast. Um, so today, in this one, we're going to talk about some of the underlying kind of keys for success, if you will. Um, these baseline areas that if we improve these, that the majority of people will experience a significant improvement in their overall health and well-being. And then the second um, part of this episode that will be recorded separately is going to be about finding meaning and purpose in your story and your experience. So coming back into that first part, it's surrounding how do I help things go well? Now, I want to walk you through um, just some of my own experience, kind of naivety of working with um, individuals, families, couples in, in this area. So as a young professional, um, you know, feeling this enthusiasm and this um, confidence and drive to go in and work with, with couples and families and individuals to change their life and change their experiences and just diving all in, right? And studying all these different therapeutic modalities and techniques and interventions and theory, all this energy and passion and excitement um, brought into the, the counseling room and sitting with people and feeling so honored that they would um, experience counseling in some ways, right? That they'd be able to have a space that they could share their story and their experience with me as, as a professional. And so many times you dive into the, the work um, doesn't matter what therapy approach, but you just dive and you start doing the work and you sit with them and um, start trying to help them see change or shift their thinking or have a different type of emotional experience or awareness or work through um, their own negative thought process or their own negative emotional reactions because of life experiences they've had, or how they're relating and connecting and interacting with things around them. And <clears throat> sometimes you'd experience like someone's just unable to progress, like they just hit a wall, right? It's There's not really any change. And there's a lot of reasons and variables of why that can happen. Other times, you know, it's you're working with someone and they come in and you hit a wall, they're able to progress to a degree, but beyond that, they're just unable to progress. And again, there's a lot of reasons for that. But I found a commonality, again, as a new professional. And this is going to sound like such common sense and something that the, all of the research across all domains from f- mental health, physical health, um, uh, societal self-education, all these different areas, if you look at whatever data or research is happening in there, you're going to find that they're going to share that these three baseline areas make a dramatic improvement on someone's overall health and well-being. And they're not going to come as a shock. So the first one is sleep. 
So I can't tell you how many times, you know, I've been working with someone forever and maybe we assess their sleep, we talk about it, but not enough. And come to find out, like, what time are you going to, to bed at night? Like, well, you know, I don't really have a routine. I, I kind of just come home and plop in front of the TV or get on my phone and scroll through social media and my thoughts are racing and I can't fall asleep and I just lay there awake and or I'm doing other things. So, I don't know, it's anywhere from like 11 to like 3 a.m. Like, okay, what time do you get up? Well, you know, I kind of start my day. I have my first class. I start work at 8, so... Yeah, I'll probably get up at like 7.45 and roll out of bed. Like, okay, so 3 to 7.45 and not really any start to your day. No one can function off of, you know, 3 to 4 hours of sleep. And I say this, you know, even coming from the standpoint of a parent with young kids, and I think as a parent in general, no matter what age your kids are, sleep is probably a problem, a commodity, if you will, at times. But it is you look at that and you see, okay, someone's getting three to four to five hours of sleep. The time timeline frame of which they're getting that sleep varies, and they're experiencing symptoms of depression and anxiety. Um, of course, they're experiencing symptoms of depression and anxiety. Their their brain and body's not getting the amount of sleep and rest that it needs. And so, how in the world can can the brain function in the way that it needs to? to have a healthy, positive experience throughout the day. And so, the, I mean, the answer to that is it can't. Now, that's not going to solve necessarily all the symptoms of anxiety and depression. And also, there's a the question, right, of what came first, the chicken or the egg, right? Can I not sleep because I'm experiencing symptoms of anxiety or depression? Or am I not sleeping, which is causing symptoms of anxiety and depression? In some ways, it doesn't matter, right? The experience and situations just exacerbate it. And so in looking at this, being able to set up a routine and a system for you to be able to go to bed at night. So now what I mean by uh, a routine, going to walk you through two different examples. I think there's so many things we can learn from children. And so I'm going to give you an example of, you know, a process maybe walking through with a younger child, say age two to six years old. So the end of the day, right, they've, they've had dinner and then maybe there's some uh, quiet time. Uh, whether that's they're playing Legos or Barbies uh, or a game, but not in front of a screen. Screens aren't involved at all, right? But just kind of this quiet interactive activity to help their body start to self-soothe and calm down. And then have a specific, um, I'm going to use the word trigger, but what I mean by this is just like in this instance is a specific event that tells them and their, their body, their brain, like, okay, this process is starting. So um, this could be, I, I'll give you an example. So with my one of my children, younger kids, part of the process for them of going to bed each night is going th through the bath. And so we've developed this process where when it's time for my child to go get in the bath, we do what's called special chair, meaning that she'll go and run and sit on the couch and I'll go and just pick her up, hold her in my arms, and then I'll walk her to the to the bathroom so she can get her bath. But she knows that special chair, right? It's kind of this fun, brief little interaction that we have. But then it's also something that she knows, like, okay, it's starting this process for me. And so then she'd go in and she'd get, get her bath. And then, you know, following the bath, whether it's, you know, getting hair combed and braided and brushing teeth, um, 
And then we spend a few just moments together as a family, kind of go through some rituals that we have together as a family. Um, and then we'll spend some time reading books um, together. And then following reading books, right? Put her into bed, tuck her into bed, turn the lights off. And then she has this signal, this process. Okay, here's my routine that helps me be able to go to sleep. Now, as adults, the interesting thing is a similar process would be very helpful for us, right? Um, and having these uh, time that we're able to unwind from the day, the sooner that you can churn electronics off, by that I mean the TV, the computer, the smartphone, the tablet, anything specifically that's getting like blue light, blue light coming to that device to your body, even if you're using like blue light screen, you know, filter or this thing, it's still giving your brain signals to stay awake. And so turn that off. The sooner you can do that, the better. Um, so you turn those off, have some quiet time, have some interaction, whether this is talking with your significant other or kids or spending time like connecting, pick up the phone and call someone, right? Just don't scroll on social media or text them, talk to them for a minute. Um, and then again, have, have your own routine and process of specific things that you do before you go to sleep each night. That can help set up the success, the process of being able to go to sleep. Now, there's other variables that may come to play. There may be biological components to be able to connect with your medical doctor or a psychiatrist, right? To look at some medication aspects. Or is there something else you're experiencing medically that needs to be treated that's going to help with sleep as well? Um, so, so look at that. And, and then also have a set time that you would wake up each day. Um, and as you do that right here, here's my routine and then also have a routine of how you get up in the morning. Cause one of the things, right, especially if it's, I don't really have to get up at this time. It can be like snooze, 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 right? I sit snooze on my alarm clock 35 times and all of a sudden I got 15 minutes before I got to work and you start this anxious rush process and your day starts out with this anxiety whirlwind, if you will, um, that would stress anyone out. But if you have this routine, right, that you get up in the morning and you engage in a mindfulness exercise, maybe it's some journaling and I take time to eat breakfast and then I remove my schedule for my day. And by the way, I haven't even turned my, look at my email, my social media, my phone's still off in the corner somewhere. And so I'm going through these experiences. Maybe it's I sit down and I have some time reading um, and even if it's there's, you know, young kids and it's chaos or family, like, you're thinking, man, Kyle, that would be so nice to be able to do that. I'm lucky if I can get 30 seconds by myself to do these things. I get it. That makes sense, right? But set the time aside somehow, some way to have some small sort of routine. And also it can be a routine interaction with your significant other and kids and find some purpose. And it's going to be chaotic. It's not going to go perfect every day. But set things up for success. Right? One of the things in, in the military is making your bed first thing in the morning, you get up, that you've already experienced success at doing something that day. Right, I've already made the bed. The very first thing I did was successful. And you can control exactly how successful that is. Now maybe if you have a significant other, right, and they're in the bed as well and you're starting to make the bed, right? Okay, <laughs> I, I, I get it. There's some other things that can come into play. But set your routine up for for success. Now this is also going to set your circadian rhythms, right? It's going to set a pattern where your body's going to get used to the certain sleep routine and experience 
to help you start to, to feel better. Now, these are just some basic things you can do. Again, there's a lot of things that can cause sleep difficulties. So connect with a medical doctor, connect with a psychiatrist, you know, look at some medication aspects as well, and put a routine in place to set your sleep up for success. It'll make a huge difference. Okay. Now I want to jump to the second area, right? There's three of them. Second one, they can make a dramatic improvement on your overall health and well-being. So again, I'm going to go back into this experience, right? I'm sitting in therapy with someone and they're just, their anxiety is out the wazoo. And specifically at one time I worked at a counseling center um, for college students. So I was working with college students all the time and they'd come in and, and I'll, by the way, all three of these areas fit for everyone, no matter what stage you're at in life. This is just an example with college age students, right? Come in, I'm sitting in a counseling session with them and they're talking about how anxious I am, right? I have these racing thoughts. I, I just feel like I can never do good enough on my assignments in school. I'm worried to even speak up in class. Everyone else seems to have it together. I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm kind of struggling with my sleep too. And all these different things, right? And we jump in and maybe start some of these therapeutic inter interventions and stuff that sound good. It's supposed to work. And they're just not working. And, and maybe they, they're experiencing some, some frustration with these things as well. So as you slow the process down, you know, I'd start to ask the question like, well, what's your routine, morning routine? There's not really your morning routine, right? It's 7.55, wake up and I'm running to class. Like, okay. So my mind goes to sleep. Okay, we'll get there talk about that. But then it goes to diet. Um, so I'd ask the question like, well, what did you eat for breakfast? Like, oh, I, I haven't eaten breakfast yet. Okay, what, what are you eating today? Like, I, I, well, I, I actually haven't eaten yet. I had a, a Mountain Dew or coffee um, at like... 8 a.m. and another cup at 2 two o'clock. Okay, and we're meeting and it's 3 o'clock right now and you haven't eaten anything yet today. Yeah, and you're feeling a little bit on edge and nervous and anxious like, yeah, I don't know what to do about it. And I'm sitting there like, okay, eat. <laughs> okay, we need to help you get some healthy nutrition and diet. And I'm not a nutritionist, right? I'm not a health expert, but I do know a few things about diet. One is eating consistent, healthy, well-balanced meals is going to improve your diet. It's going to improve your health, right? You're going to have better energy levels. Your body is not going to feel as stressed um, and eating healthy things. And so, right, whether if you're starting your day off with Pop-Tarts and coffee, it's not setting your day up for success. Or if I'm starting it off with one of those big muffins that are chocolate and they look so great and I'm carb loading um, or you know, start my day off with a, a energy drink, you're going to experience this energy spike and you're going to crash and you're probably going to experience more anxiety or depression potentially, right? But just not feel as well versus if you're able to start your day off with a healthy, well-balanced meal. Um, and then you can follow up with healthy snacks or things throughout the day like college students, right? One of the things I have to get them to buy into is like, okay, like keep a bag of like nuts that you can take to class or to grab a banana or an apple or an orange, something that, that you're able to eat and get some nutrition in you throughout the day. And they get these consistent meal, uh, you have consistent meals and diet and eating patterns that is you'd bring that other aspect in, right? How that affects your physical health, your mental health, emotional well-being is huge. It's significant. Um, changing 
um, diet, you're going to start to feel so much better. You're going to start to experience better. Uh, you're going to experience a better life by doing that, right? Getting my sleep on track, getting my diet on track, um, huge. Now, the third area connected to this is exercise. And by this, I don't mean that like I am a cross going to CrossFit gym or I'm running marathons or like I am pumping iron at the gym, right? I just did this new push-up challenge uh, every day, all day. I'm out running miles and miles and miles, right? Exercise doesn't have to be these dramatic things that we normally think about. But if we're not getting any exercise right, going back to these three things, like I'm not sleeping well, I'm not eating well, and I'm not really exercising. Okay, all three of those are going to exacerbate problems with the other, and they're going to exacerbate every single area of your health. And then when you start to experience negative outcomes, and then even like relationship problems, and I feel stuck in my professional life, all these different areas, like it's kind of like, well, yeah, of course you are. Um, these three basic areas you're not functioning in or functioning well. And so, of course, you're experiencing problems and difficulties. So being able to find exercise and find exercise that is enjoyable for you. And I'm going to talk about a few different ways to do this. So one, right, it could be I'm going to walk our dog. If you have a dog, I'm going to walk the dog every single day. Or maybe we go on a family walk or family bike ride. I have this connection experience. Um and maybe it's you're going on a walk while you're listening to this podcast or while you're doing walking with your friends or going running or at the gym, whatever it is, right? You can you can set that up. Have, have, have a routine, a system in place that it's fulfilling more buckets for you than just the exercise. The second one goes into just connection and accountability. Generally, if we have, and this is true for all these different areas, if we have someone else that we're going through an experience with or we've invested in, right, like I've paid some money towards something, like a personal trainer or a dietitian or a sleep expert or a mental health professional or a counselor or a medical doctor, right, part, part of the reason that we do that and why it's important for us even in changing our behaviors is that we're paying a fee to pay attention. And as we get invested in something financially, we're going to be significantly more likely to follow through and do it. And I want to give an example about this before I come back to the um, exercise aspect. All this does ties into exercise. So when I was in junior high school, all of my friends, they started snowboarding and skiing. And they they wanted me to be able to go with them. And I wanted to go. And so... I, you know, I, I've been working, I've had jobs since I was like 12 years old in some different form or another. And so I'd work up and I'd saved all my money. And I remember I'd bought up and I bought a snowboard and I don't know, like snowboard gear and clothing and stuff. I got all the things and then a season passed to be able to go. And I remember going up snowboarding for the first time in junior high. And to put it blatantly, I was terrible. I was absolutely terrible at snowboarding. And when I got home from snowboarding that first day, it looked like I'd been in a fight with someone because I'd fallen down so much. Like I had bruises all over my body and scrapes and scratches. And like I'd gotten into a fight with the mountain and the mountain won. It was very clear. And like I, I think I was feeling like, oh, exhausted, burnout, tired. Like, man, why would anyone put themselves through that experience of snowboarding? And 
right? If that was the only thing tying me into that was just that experience, probably would have been very unlikely I went back. But why did I go back? Multiple reasons. One, I had invested for a 13, 14 year old, however old I was, a ton of money and time into this, right? It's almost like a year's worth of savings or something, right? I'd put into going snowboarding. And so I was committed. I, I was financially, number one. Two, socially, I was all in. This is what all my friends were doing. and Kind of some positive peer pressure in that sense, right? Of, okay, I want to be part of this. I, I got to keep up. I want to keep going. So I, I went back again and again and again. And I went, uh, I went snowboarding. And I was terrible. I think that whole first year, I was absolutely terrible. Um, and if any of my friends from back in the day ever listened to this podcast, you may remember that, right? And thank you for your patience of sitting with me while I was out snowboarding. Um, but over time, I got better and better and better. I never became like this professional expert snowboarder, but I got good. And I got good enough and where I could, you know, have just a really enjoyable day on the mountain and other people are trying to keep up with me as we're going down the, the runs and things. And I remember one of the experiences, I think this was my second year, third year snowboarding maybe, like I went with a different group of friends um, that we got passes together and they'd never been snowboarding with me before. So they didn't know how, like what my skill level was. I just remember like we go up to this run and they're just like, they just take off and they're gone. And I remember to this day having the thought like, all right, this is it, I'm doing it. And I just went all in. I jumped all in on the experience going down the slope. And before I knew it, like I experienced this new rush, this new experience, like, whoa, that was amazing. And my whole interaction with snowboarding became different because of, you know, this social situation that I was in and seeing other people go through it. So the reason that I share that in this podcast episode in connection with exercise is because you're going to see what other people are going through and experiencing. So if it's hiring a personal trainer at the gym or meeting you at the, at the, the track or whether it is getting a group of friends together, you're going walking every day or even like whatever's fun for you, right? Maybe it's we're having lightsaber wars at the park or you know we're playing spike ball or volleyball or tennis, whatever it is for you that you can get passionate about this there's like it's fun whether it's fun because there's a social group i'm connecting with or it's miserable but i'm invested in it and i like the results and there's someone that's going to help walk me through this that i'm working with or this is my time that i can almost have like this personal study session right as i'm going for a walk or as i'm running or lifting weights i'm tuning into this podcast or this book um where right here's my solitude here's this time where i get this experience that i can't get and other times in my life because work's so busy and stressful i'm running 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 or i got a family at home and kids are crazy and trying to get 10 minutes to read a book or to listen to a book or a podcast i'm gonna get poked in the face someone's gonna start coloring on the wall and you know you can't get through the experience so taking time to set exercise up for success for you in whatever way that's gonna look like it can make a huge difference on in your life <clears throat> and so if if you're finding yourself struggling and you're uncertain of where to begin to try and change things in your life, I would look at these three areas, sleep, diet, and exercise, and see how can I improve things by just you know, 1%. Like if you were to look at things, pick any one of these, diet, sleep, exercise, from a scale of one to 10 with one being absolutely terrible and 10 being like 
the best in the world, right? Like I am the Dwayne Rock Johnson. I don't even know if I just said that fully right, but I'm the Rock, um, and I'm you know I'm a ten in diet and exercise, right? Um, what would that look like versus like I'm a one? You know maybe that's like okay diet and exercise Chris Farley to the Rock. You know where am I at on that scale? And and then put yourself where you're at, where you think you're at. The number you pick doesn't necessarily matter, right? Don't be too hard on yourself. Just put whatever number comes to mind. I'm going to five, I'm going to six, I'm going to four. And then I want you to think, okay, so if I'm at a five, and if I were to improve that to a five and a half this next week, what's one thing that I'm going to change, I'm going to do differently to improve my sleep or to improve my diet or to improve my exercise? And I want you to take a second, and I want you to write that down. Go get a three-by-five card. Go get a piece of paper um, and write it down. Write down what's the one thing that's going to improve you just a tiny bit over this next week. I want you to get that. And then after you've written that down, I want you to go and take that. I want you to put it up somewhere where you're going to see it. I want you to tape it to your door, tape it to the fridge, tape it to the bathroom mirror. Somewhere you're going to see that every single day. And maybe where somewhere else is going to see that too, right? And they're going to like read something that says banana or walk or personal trainer, or get back to the gym, or um, listen to a book while, listen to start podcast, go running, whatever it is, right? And someone else is going to ask you, like, why does it say banana on the fridge? Like, the bananas are over on the counter. Why is that written on the fridge or the bathroom mirror? And what's that's going to do? It's going to force you to remember it. You're going to see it if someone else brings it up, right? They're going to remember it. It's going to stick out more. And then there's some form of accountability where you're going to have to pay attention to it more. And as you pay attention to those things, you can experience a change in your life. And in fact, oftentimes, if we are to improve those three areas of our life, you may find that a lot of these other problems or difficulties go away, or at least they're not as difficult as they once were. And certainly in therapy or counseling, working with someone, right? If we can help someone improve those areas or connect with the right help that they need, then the ability to work on the other things dramatically improves. And I also get there's some overlap, right? Because of what's what came first, the chicken or the egg, or what's driving the symptom or the behavior, sometimes you have to treat and work on both simultaneously, right? Like, that's great. I would love to improve my sleep, but actually the reason I'm not sleeping is because I've been through a really stressful, traumatic experience, and every time I lay down, my thoughts just start racing, and it goes back and I'm having nightmares or dreams, right? Or like, I just have no motivation. Like if I had the energy to eat, I would, or have had these things, right? And we can help you work through those other areas. And if you can find that passionate energy to improve your diet, sleep, exercise, moving forward, I think you may experience a dramatic shift in your life. Now, as always, this podcast episode, this is not counseling or therapy. It is not advice specific to you and your situation. This is just simply information. Information that I hope you find impactful and meaningful in, in your life. So this was part one of this episode. Come back for part two uh, to uh, hear more about like finding yourself and, and my story, my experience. I look forward to having you back with us soon. Thanks so much for your time.